afternoon and welcome to the Expansive Podcast, uh, the show that is both a podcast and a weekly live show that happens on LinkedIn and Facebook. Uh, welcome if you are joining us for the first time. If you are coming back, it is great to be with you again. As always, I am joined by my ever-elegant co-host, Mr. John Sane, sitting in Cape Town. John, how are you doing, brother? I'm wonderful. Thank you. You know, you made me think of something. Somebody who's never heard this podcast before, maybe we should explain to people what it is. I think that's because we have been doing this. I think that's a great idea. Go for it. Yeah, because I was thinking some people must be new, especially with these new channels that we're speaking to. Well, well look, we, we're a business podcast that focuses on expanding your mind, your business, and your life. Hence the term, the expansive. And it's something that Eric and I have been doing for the last sort of nearly two years now and uh, actually loving it. It's been, a, it's becoming a weekly sort of ritual that we have. And it's been actually a fantastic way to curate information, share it and also market our brand. So all in all, welcome to the expansive. This is your first time. Uh, if you're back, as Eric said, wonderful to have you back. And uh, we've already started to get quite a few people that are logging on at three o'clock on a Wednesday and uh, joining us for this. So thank you and welcome. How are you doing there, Eric? How is Joburg and how is business? Yeah, super good. Um, it's been a busy week, uh, prepping for keynotes, working on some new workshops. Uh, but overall, like just focused man like it's just been you know relaxed concentration word for the year like i've just been Ooh. yeah 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 yeah. really been living into it this week um so it's been a good week for me has passing been going on your side yeah i can actually see on your face you're very calm there's like a calm demeanor mm. yeah it's it's been a good week emotionally you know i feel quite centered i feel quite confident quite clear um also very busy lots of strategy sessions uh really like into my book 10,000 days writing quite a lot at the moment and uh, also delivering keynotes I was working with Bahrain Chamber of Commerce a couple of days ago I'm working with Kenya EO tomorrow so yeah lots of good stuff on the go uh, developing some new stuff around men's leadership and nature which I've spoken to you about uh, off air that we'll be launching in the next couple of weeks so yeah just constantly growing expanding learning and uh, sharing and uh, that's a good segue into our topic for today Mm, I actually think the men's uh, leadership, like boot camp or whatever you want to call it, I think that actually has a, a beautiful tie in as well to the idea of, of learning new things. Um, not only because you exposed yourself to a new way of doing things, but also because that's the process that people will go through once they get onto this weekend. And maybe you can tell us a bit more about it later sure. on. Um, I had a question for you though, before we got started. Uh, and now it slipped my mind. That is terrible. But I had a question. Yes. Okay. I know. Sorry, I interjected. Uh, but, I, but I will think about it. No, it's not a problem. Anyway, so let's chat about uh, today's topic, which is all about learning. And uh, it's really, I think, kind of influenced by the video that you made yesterday. Uh, you are on a, on a journey. But I mean, we are perpetually on a journey to learn new things. And we speak about this all the time that in a very uncertain future, that's the only way you get to stay up to date is that you have to rapidly acquire new skills, new ways of thinking. It's a constant process of letting go of the old and adopting to the new. And we thought that today we could talk a bit about some of the things that we are learning and how we are going about learning it. So do you want to tear, tear us up a little bit with uh, what you said yesterday in your video? Sure. Um, so look, I think there's a few types of learning. One, there's no learning. It's, I studied this uh, 14 years ago at Varsity and this is what I'm doing and this is how it is. You have those sort of 
sort of identity people that don't want to reshift their identity based on what they've learned, PhDs, doctors, whatever those things. <clears throat> then you get people that have figured out what they're here on earth for, and they are continuously learning as a natural process of progression for themselves vis-a-vis you and I, because we love what we do. And it's a constant process of learning and curating and iterating and sharing. <clears throat> but then you get this piece of learning that is in a space of uncomfortability. And that's the hard piece because you have to stretch yourself out of sort of the fascination and excitement you have for the topic and have to go to a topic that it's uncomfortable. You have really no clue what's going on from zero, from base zero. You're an absolute newcomer. And I think that's the mm. real thing here because it's easy to be stuck in the first one or two. It, it kind of is quite simple. If some, if you love gardening, you can continuously learn gardening forever and ever. But the two topics that I have recently started to stretch myself in quite a lot, one is swimming. Um, and I know as adults, uh, if you don't a swim, a surfer or a whatever, if you're not spending time in the ocean or swimming in a way that's uh, conducive to your lifestyle, when do you swim? Like as an adult, you don't really swim. It's not yeah, part of never. our lifestyle. Mm. And so I've, I've, I've had swimming lessons uh, with a lady called Nicole and wow. Let me tell you, when you're underwater, there must be about 10 or 11 things that are going on at the same time, right? Your head has to be in a specific place. Your breathing has to be in a specific way through your nose or your mouth. Mouth. Your arms have to be in a specific place. Your legs have to be in a... And so there's this coordination that your brain has never really experienced before. And I often say to her when I'm taking a break between lengths, it's like, my body's fine and my brain is exhausted. It's like just to try and coordinate all those things inside my head. And it's a fantastic thing because whenever I've looked at a lake or whenever I've looked at the ocean or if I've ever looked at um, there's, there's a reservoir here in Cape Town that is just so beautiful and I see people swimming in it all the time and, and it's always been a place of scariness for me. It's like, I don't really want, I'm not a swimmer, so I'm like, what am I going to go do there? Firstly, it looks like I'm fighting the water when I swim. I'm not getting anywhere. Like most people, you know, it looks like you're at war with the water. But now all of a sudden, I can't yeah. wait to get back to the reservoir, right? So it's like, it's all of a sudden, mm. it's like, oh, wow, that's something I could actually look forward to because I've gone through the process of breaking the barrier of entering a space where I'm useless at to learn something new at and building those new neuroscience connections, which is really the hardest thing we can do as adults, right? Because they're all kind of set. And that's, that's, that's kind of where so it's you're, no, you're no longer using that floaty tube they gave you for <laughs> Look, um, my, my armbands, I've got them at halfway now. <laughs> I'm at halfway. Okay. Yeah, I'm improving. I'm improving. And my nappy's coming off next week. So we're, all, we're on a good run. We're on a good run. Good. good. <laughs> okay, that's great. <laughs> let, let, me, let me stop here because I've got obviously another topic I want to talk about. But let me ask you, when's the last time you did something you didn't really want to do? Because I know you're a stubborn guy off, off camera because everybody thinks you're such a calm, you know, calm, you know, stubborn guy. So have you ever <laughs> done anything that you really didn't want to do that you've, that you've kind of like stepped out and did it and been? I guess I'm constantly learning new things, but I... I... I guess they always, I mean, even your swimming, you know, even though, even though it might not be, it's still something that you want to do actually, because you want to compete in triathlons. And so it's scary, but you still have to go through the process of learning it. Like you still want to do it. Right. So if I think back of the things that I've been learning over the past, maybe two or three years, they're always in line yes. with something that I want to be doing. So I guess from a physical point of view, the first thing that comes to mind is that I've, I've learned to play golf. Mm. I'm still hell of a busy and trying to learn to play golf because it's something you never stop learning. Uh, but it's been, I mean, that's so technical. Like when you speak about swimming, like head here, you know, kick here, whatever, like 
golf is the same thing. There are so many points along your swing where things can go wrong. And so like when you have lessons, it's so technical. The guys are like recording you. They're showing you this is where your arm starts flaring. This is where your hip isn't moving quickly enough. And, and that's a, like, it's a very daunting process to go through to, because it takes a lot of hard work to become good mm. at it. I think there's many things in life that we attempt where the learning curve isn't that steep. But when you do things that are quite technical, like golf, for example, that tech, that learning curve is very, very steep and it's very long. Mm. So yeah, I guess, I guess golf would be my closest comparison to your swimming. What golf. would your wife like you to learn, Eric? Is there anything that she keeps saying, why don't you do this, Eric? But your wife's really sweet. She kind of puts up with your crap. D- DIY. DIY. Oh, you're not a DIY guy. I've seen your hands. They're soft as uh, oh, Kleenex. Oh, no. No, 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 no. You're soft. Yeah. No, dude. They work on keyboards. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only thing your DIY fingers do is phone the handyman to come and show, show him what to do, right? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, that, thank uh, goodness. Yeah, sure. Thank goodness. That whole concept of being a man is means that you do stuff around the house is gone. <laughs> Jeez. I'm also terrible at it. I'm also terrible at it. Okay. So w- let's get back on topic because the idea here is about things that scare you. And this is the real, the real wow impact for me is because I watched a, a video, an interview with Dr. Um, Dr. Mr. Beast. And yeah, he, he should be called a doctor with what he's achieved. But uh, Mr. Beast is a 20 year old YouTuber angling to be the first billionaire YouTuber. Amazing, amazing insights and wisdom for such a young guy. And one thing he said in one of his interviews is that for four years, for every day, he sat with other YouTubers and they looked at creating new content tweaking their, their algorithms, understanding how YouTube worked. And they were really crappy for the first few years. And then now you get 70 million views per view. I mean, per video. Mm. And so when I work with organizations, they're very, very afraid of the future. Most people in those organizations are afraid of the future. And I constantly tell them the reason you're afraid is that you haven't exposed yourself to the future. That's all. Because if every Thursday morning you spent an hour looking at videos about the future, or you looked at, I don't know, read a blog or did a workshop around the future, eventually the future would become something that's part and parcel of your language. You understand it better. You're not scared of it. It's just not a dark space, right? So what's happened with me is that I've got Obviously, I'm very good friends with Ran Neuner, who's become the crypto man, who's now globally known, who's making an incredible amount of money using crypto and understanding the game so well. And for the longest time, I've kind of like dabbled in it. Like, you know, you put a, put a bit of money in, you, like you, you're playing around, you don't really quite understand it. And what I've started to, it started to dawn on me. Nobody quite understands it. Nobody. Everybody's kind of figuring it out. It's so brand new. The concept is so mind blowing that you have this opportunity mm. to do something so flippin' new and, and like just like just twisting, right? So <clears throat> I decided that I researched digitization and I have done for many years. And Peter Diamandis has got the six Ds. I don't know if you remember them, but they're quite famous. The first thing that happens yeah. to an industry becomes digitized. The minute it becomes digitized, it becomes deceptive, meaning it goes underground and you think it's never going to change the big world. But in the labs, in the connectivity, all the smart people are continuously now creating better and better versions of it. And then it comes out and it's in a disruptive stage where it starts to come out. It starts looking around in the world. It starts being felt in the world. And then all of a sudden, that whole industry gets demonetized. Once it becomes demonetized, it's now dematerialized, meaning that you can replicate it a million times over. And now it's become democratized, meaning that everybody can use it. Think about 
digital cameras. Digital cameras went through a place of being digitized in 1976. It went deceptive by the time 1996, 1998 came around. It came up and it totally started to disrupt the camera industry, and then it demonetized taking photos. What does it cost you to take a photo? Nothing. How many photos can you take? Mm. As many as you want. And then it dematerialized the photo, meaning that it's not now not solid. It's now just air. And then finally, everybody can now take photos. It's democratized. Now, <clears throat> everything that goes through digitization goes through those six stages. Money, exactly the same. If you could understand how communication, once it's digitized, would become free, you'd become a multi-billionaire, but nobody did because you couldn't fathom in your mind what it could be like if you could do a video call with anywhere in the world for free. Look at you and I right now on StreamYard. Mm. This is now like obvious. Mm. Cameras, you can never think how could you have 2,000, 10,000 photos on your phone when it used to cost you so much to just print 24. It, you couldn't fathom it, right? So that's exactly what's happening with money is that we can't fathom what it's going to look like. But the truth is, nobody really can. Everybody's on the learning journey. And so what I've decided, twice a week, for two hours a day, Tuesdays and Thursdays, I spend time studying crypto, listening, learning, integrating, mm. asking questions. And so yesterday I started, and yesterday I did 90 minutes of Q&A with people that own lots of Bitcoin and have created amazing algorithms. And let me tell you, wow, I was just blown away at how much money there is, how it's evolving, how much people are learning. And all of a sudden, something really scary has become quite exciting for me. And mm. this is what we wanted to get across today is that whatever scary for you, you just haven't given time to. That's it. That's as simple as it is. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Because pretty much anything that you can think of, like why do people procrastinate? Um, like a, a video that I was making uh, yesterday is that, Ultimately, we, we always talk about there's the space between stimulus and response, right? Mm. Like something happens and you have to respond to it. And one of two things is going to happen. Either you are going to be very hasty. You are going to go from stimulus to response very quickly. And the reason you might do that is because you have FOMO. You mm. have, you're missing out. Exactly. And so you move, you move quickly and then you end up regretting it. Like because you didn't do your research. You didn't yeah. slow down long enough. Mm. And, and often that's the wrong way to approach it. But then the flip side <laughs> of that is that you are you are so fearful. And I think this is what we see for organizations all the time. Right. And, but also for individuals with coaching mm. teams, like you name it in ourselves. I mean, perfect example yeah. here um, is that there's a stimulus. There's something that says the world is changing. You need to change with it. Um, but the fear like really paralyzes you from, from taking action. Right. And all of a sudden this gap between stimulus and response just starts widening and widening and widening. And you find yourself in this middle, the messy middle, where nothing happens. Mm. And, and often we'll, we'll stay in that loop until something catalyzes us into action. Mm. And that catalyst is usually then catastrophe, mm. things burning to the ground. And so I think what we need to get much better at is to, in a way, like kind of calibrate our response, right? Like you need to see the stimulus. You need to see this new thing that's happening. And I think what you then, what you're saying is, is a, the perfect way to approach it is almost through exposure therapy. Yes. Have you heard of exposure therapy? Well, that's exactly what I'm yeah. doing with relationships reimagine the other that's podcasts. It. They're exactly like what we decided yeah. to do. We'll get into that yeah. just now, but yeah, carry on. What's you call it? Uh? Yeah. So exposure yeah, therapy. Perfect. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So like uh, when people are like, when they have like arachnophobia or whatever, then, you know, the way that you desensitize mm. them to that is that you take them up to a, a, a spider that's in a glass cage mm. or whatever, 
they can see the spider and like it's maybe uncomfortable for them and as time goes on you might open up the cage mm. they might sort of put their hand in mm. then the spider might walk on them for like two seconds and it's just exactly what you were saying it's that gradual exposure mm. to the mm. thing that makes it less scary and therefore you can immerse yourself learn more mm. about it and then become more proficient yeah. and more competent as yeah. you are you know i've always known this theory i just didn't I, now that i'm practicing and i listen to mr beast that i was like da, 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 da. i was like hang on a second I'm actually doing this. It's like, it's exactly right. You know, I love what you said there. You know, mm. um, I, uh, I, I read a book called Attached in December, which was about the science of new adult, uh, new science of adult relationships. <clears throat> and I realized that I'm an avoidant. And, the, and another friend of mine, uh, Dejal, she's uh, anxious. And uh, so we decided to run a podcast where we interview healed people, unhealed people, and healer of people in relationships. So we can expose ourselves mm. to this thinking so we can learn as we're going along. So exactly that. It's like, I didn't even know I was doing that. But yes, that's kind of what I'm aiming to do here with Bitcoin as well. Mm. And I had a question. Um, somebody asked me, when is the best time to buy Bitcoin? And the question, the answer is yesterday, because... It's on a trajectory second to none because you could never think that cameras and photos would do that. You never thought that WhatsApp and phones would do that. And then when it does happen, you're like, oh, shit, I should have bought. Like, no, uh, yeah, uh, I don't mm. think it's too late at all. I think, still think we have a long way to go. And uh, we can see just the momentum building around it um, is massive. And I think it's smart to to get in and, and, and to dabble with it and then learn from it and then expose yourself more to it and, you know, carry on with it. Yeah. Mm. Listen, but I think that's true for everything. Yes. Like, you know, I've been, I've been getting into YouTube, like, in a big way this mm. year. And the, the same question, like, is it too late to start mm. YouTube? Yes. The best time was to start yesterday. Yes. But you know what? You can't start yeah. yesterday. So the best time is to start today. Same for podcasts. Mm. Same for blogs. Same for if you want to be a keynote speaker. Same for if you want to be a coach. There was a better time, but that time has passed. The best time is today. Absolutely. And it's always going to be today. Absolutely. Well said. Um, dude. The, the one thing that I want to kind of recap is that, and, and maybe you can tell us a bit about this leadership. Oh, right. Um, yes. The, this leadership uh, breakaway that you guys want to do. But, you know, when I listen to what you're saying, and if I look at how I've approached things like, like YouTube, for example, and golf, it's all about immersion in the thing. <laughs> I don't know if anybody can see this or hear this, uh, but I'm still live. It looks very live on my side. Where did Eric go? Anyway, I guess uh, that might be the end of the conversation and the podcast for this week, which is a pity because I really wanted to hear what Eric had to say. Okay, he's obviously gone offline. Okay, guys, if this is the end, ciao. We'll see you next week. And this will be up on Apple iTunes, Spotify um, in about a few days' time. If you think anybody could benefit from hearing it, please do share it. Thank you for joining us on this journey to be more expansive and hopefully the technology next time won't be as crappy and be a lot better. But ciao.